obviously I've struggled. I would confess those things and involve him in that. And then from that point on, I would be more forward focused instead of what I call backward bashing. And that's one Mm -hmm. prayer that I've had years ago, you know, in in my different prayers I've had, I can remember, Lord, if I, so if I had a thought like that, I would just say, Lord, I'm not going to be backward bashing. I'm going to be forward focused or forward looking. And that shifts my perspective very quickly so that I'm like snuffing out those thoughts that try to get me to harbor and focus on on all the regret. I'm Carol McLeod, and this is the Significant Women Podcast. You know, generally on this podcast, I interview women. I go to the heart of their issues. We hear their story. Today's podcast is going to be just a little bit different because I sat down with a woman who's become a dear friend of mine, Victoria Lydon, and we just talked. So pretend you're eavesdropping while Victoria Lydon and I share a cup of coffee together and we just talk about all the things. We just talk about the stuff we're going through in our lives. We talk about what God's showing us in scripture. We talk about our heartfelt prayer requests. You know what? I hope you learn from our conversation and I hope you come awake encouraged. Victoria is an amazing woman of God. She's a podcaster. She's an author. She's a woman just like you and me who desires to live wholeheartedly for the unshakable kingdom of Christ. So now you go get your cup of coffee and enjoy this conversation between Victoria Lydon and myself. Well, hey, Victoria, how are you today? I'm good, Carol. It's so good to see you again. I know. Do you um, have your your cup of coffee ready? or? I do not. I even forgot my water. It's downstairs, which is like <laughs> something I never do. I mean, I can count on one hand. I drag this big half-gallon water thing with me everywhere I go, and I'm like, oh, I forgot it today, so it's downstairs. <laughs> All right, then I'm going to be sipping alone. Huh? <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Uh, well, we're going to have fun today. We're going to go deep. Um, we're going to just really go digging for gold in each other's hearts. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a unique podcast, but one I think will really resonate with the women who listen. I do too. And thank you for this opportunity. It's, you know, women need women. We need each other. We need each other's vulnerability and encouragement and even just to get a glimpse into what your struggles might be, what mine might be, so that folks can see it's not always rosy for us. We have our yeah. struggles too. And it's nice to be able to encourage each other by by that in that kind of a way, with that kind yeah. of fire. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that we're not alone. Exactly. Um, that's so important. So so we are going to go there in just a minute, but I, I thought that we would just, you and I are both women. We love the Lord. That's right. We love the word. We're worshipers. We, we're prayer warriors. Mm. So I just thought we'd begin today by sharing how we go after the Lord in our daily life. Like, Victoria, what is it? Quiet time. I know it's what we call it. You know, <laughs> what, what does that, how, how do you get to know Jesus every day? What a what an important question. And, you know, I have through the years, I have kind of run the gamut. There have been seasons of my life where I have literally spent hours in the word every morning, getting up at yeah. five o'clock all the way until eight. I mean, just that really wow. intense Bible study. 
And then, of course, as I've read the Bible, reread the Bible, reread the Bible over many years, taught Sunday school, written devotionals, that sort of thing, I, you know, I feel like I kind of know the word, but yet I know there's a lot more there for me to learn and to know, but I don't have quite that intensity now in my life. Mm-hmm. What I do nowadays is, I always start, or almost always, I shouldn't say always, but almost always, just with my journal. And I list a couple of things that I'm grateful for. Those are the blessings. It's it's kind of like what we're doing here. We're talking about something really positive and upbeat, something that's you know has energy yeah. to it. Yeah. And that's the way I want to start my day, just reflecting for a second. What what thank you, Lord, for this, 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 and this. I'm so grateful for this in my life. And I try to be very specific because the neuroscience of that says that the more specific we are, the greater the impact it it has in our brain to literally cause those really good feelings and endorphins and dopamine, all of that to kind of get going. Okay, so pause right there. Yeah. Victoria, tell me what three things you listed this morning. What well, were your three blessings this morning? Okay. So if I can okay. remember correctly, yeah. I would have talked about being with my granddaughter on Monday. I, that's my Nana day. And there was a moment where we were playing checkers and I was so captivated. I've been teaching her. She's nine and I've been teaching her how to play checkers. And then we're going to go to chess. She's very bright, of course, and precocious and all those wonderful adjectives we would you know, talk about with our grandchildren. Yeah. But I just, there was a moment, Carol, when I just looked at her and I was overwhelmed with such love for her just in that little moment. Cause she was kind of like, you know, her facial expressions were like, mm, mm, like, ah, she was agonizing a little bit over a move and, but she kept looking at me and looking at me and, you know, that's just what our father does too. You know, as a parent, a grandparent, Often I use that analogy to think of how God looks at me and even in my little struggles and I'm trying to decide, but I, mm, I keep looking back to him. And that's kind of what she was doing yeah. from with me at that moment. And she said, why are you looking at me like that, Nana? And I'm like, Ella, I'm just overwhelmed with love for you because that's really what I felt. I was so excited to be there. I said, I'm so grateful to be here playing checkers with you right now, this minute. And we had done a thousand other things, it seems that day, but it was just that little teeny captured moment of time that was just like a little, I took a little snapshot of that and guarded that in my heart for, you know, on that moment. And sometimes I'm grateful for just being with my parents also. My parents are, they're in their eighties now and things are, we're transitioning a little bit. Things are becoming a little bit more difficult there as far as their health goes and the needs that they have and how my sister and I might rise to the occasion with that. But every time I go there, I, I always think Victoria, you need to take sunshine on your face to your parents. That's what you need to take them. A little bit of God's heart, just take it into their house and let that be, you know, we have the spirit, but let that be just light to them. And so I'm so grateful that I have parents who live close. I'm grateful that they're still with me. I'm grateful that I get to serve them and honor them in that way. I truly, truly am. And I would be the first to say that it's very difficult. There are real struggles going on right now. And sometimes I'm crying the whole way. It's a 30 minute drive and I'm crying in my car, prepping for that just because I want to be Christ-like. I want to be 
strength for them. And, and uh, I just want to embody that, but it's not easy sometimes. So I don't want to say, oh, I'm like always woohoo to, to, to go there. Sometimes it's very tricky and, and challenging for me as their daughter. And the third thing probably has, would have something to do with my husband and how he so honors me and just little things that he might do. The, the, um, you know, it, these are like little teeny things, like maybe he brings me a cup of coffee or just, I don't want to miss all of those teeny, teeny details. And so I try really hard each morning to go back and think of two or three, and I only spend maybe two minutes for that one, just jotting it down really quickly. But I think that gives you the flair of maybe what yeah. I would write about. Yeah. And each day is different. Yeah. You know, I love that, Victoria, because, you know, the 100th Psalm says, come before his presence with thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. The Message Bible translates that scripture something like the password into his presence is thank you. Wow. And so I love it that you begin your devotional time, your pursuit of the Lord, not with a grocery list, but with a heart of gratitude. I, I yeah. love it that you do that. So then do you spend time in the word every day? I do. Almost every day I do. And it may take a different form. But after I do the gratitude, then I, I do what I want to release. Like maybe something I said the day before. Mm -hmm. I, I just it could be a regret. Something I kind of like, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. Um, and sometimes I don't necessarily have something to let go of that day. But I at least think and I pause and I involve the Lord in that. Maybe a time of confession. And then I end with what I want to really hone in on for that day and focus on. And again, those are very quickly. And then at that point, I would go to the, the word and I randomly read. I just got a new Bible. And so I'm now marking it up. I like to have that in my hand. And and then I try to pray and just listen a little bit to what the Lord might be telling me about about my day ahead and those things I want to focus on and and do that day. I don't want to do absent of him and his guidance and and I need him every step of the way. So I try to ask him, okay, this is what I speaking of lists, this is kind of what I got planned today, Lord. Anything I'm missing here, what what do I really need to pay attention to today? So good. Yeah. So good. What about your morning, Carol? What do you do? Well, you know, I um, brush my teeth and wash my face <laughs> <laughs> and I fix a cup of coffee and I um, take my Bible and go sit in the chair and um, just like you, just talk to the Lord, just listen for his voice, just look at yesterday a little bit, give it to the Lord. Um, mm -hmm. I'm grateful like you are. I, I try to always intentionally say, Lord, You've been so good to me. You've been so faithful to me. And these are the things that I'm poignantly aware of today. I'm aware of the changing of seasons. I was yes. thanking the Lord today. We're recording this at the end of October. So I was thanking him for autumn and, and the, the change around me. Um, of course, I'm always praying for some of my children. And I, mm -hmm. and I do that first thing um, because I'm grateful for them. I, I'm grateful that I have gotten to be a mom, that the Lord allowed me those precious years of raising children. Mm -hmm. But in the same breath, I'm praying for them. I'm concerned. I So I right, right away, Victoria, I, I do that because I don't want, see if you can understand this, thoughts of my children and where they are in life to interrupt my time with the Lord. So I do it from the get go. 
Um, and then, you know, I love the Bible like you do. And for years, it took me about 10 years to develop a daily Bible reading plan where I would read um, between Genesis and Job, I'd read a chapter. I'd always read a chapter in Psalms, always read a Proverbs. And then I'd always read in the last portion of the Old Testament. I'd always read a chapter in one of the Gospels, then always a chapter from Acts to Revelation. And, and I came up with this great Bible reading plan. I, I've never believed in, um, I don't mean to make anybody feel guilty, of course, but like reading through the Bible in a year. To me, that never made sense, Victoria, because then it means you're reading in Leviticus as much as you're reading in the Gospel of John. And like, to me, that was a, a little Not bit balanced. off balance. Mm -hmm. So... um. And, and I'll say this, my Bible reading plan, daily Bible reading is on you version. It's also on our website if you're interested in it. But I've, this year I've changed my approach because I felt like the Lord said to me, Carol, I got you in the word. Now I want to get the word in you. Hmm. A little bit of a different. So now like Victoria, I might spend three weeks on one Psalm and just go over it and over it mm. and over it and just really let it get in me looking upwards circling words wrestling with certain things so so that's what i do and then at the end i put on worship music i'm a worship girl and i listen for his voice mm. um, i think another thing you and i both have in common is that we are so motivated to serve jesus and to right. accomplish things and to be purposeful but the Lord has just really been teaching me the value of resting in his presence. So I always try to take 10 or 15 minutes with worship music on and just listen and worship and bask wow. in who he is. Yeah. So that that's how I pursue him. That is beautiful. And, you know, I also want to add, because there may be a, a someone in the audience who says, wait a minute, I just can't do that right now. I have four children underfoot, the baby's yeah. crying, I'm trying yeah. to get breakfast, and then I'm trying, you know, and it's just that hecticness about their lives, or maybe they're out the door for a, a nine to five job, just a, yeah. so many different scenarios. And there's such grace as we seek God, because do you feel like you kind of seek him all day long in a way? You're always dialoguing with him and, and prayerful. You've got the music going. Yeah. You, you know, you in the car, when I'm in the car, yeah. sometimes those are my best prayer moments because yeah. I'm just trucking down the road. And, and like when I go to my parents, for example, I'm on the highway the entire way and it's a great time just to pray. So yeah. it's kind of unconventional, but yet it's a, you know, I find those moments during the day. It doesn't have, we don't have to be legalistic about it, no, but we can no. find times to, to meet with the Lord just anytime he's always with us and always ready and always willing. And we just have to have a heart that reaches out to him. Yeah. I love that. And especially for young moms, you know, because exactly. I know when I had five children at home, a quiet time was not always a quiet time. Right. It was often a noisy time. And I would just do creative things like keep my Bible open on the kitchen counter and let my eyes drift on a verse or two. Um, I'd read a Bible story out loud to the kids, yeah. um, in, engaging them in it, talking about it. Um, and, and now for young moms, busy moms in the trenches of life, put it, put it on and listen to it. That's right. Listen to an audio version of the Bible on your phone while you're in the carpool line or 
on your way to soccer practice, um, Victoria and I are in the season of life where <laughs> you've all left us. The kids That's have right. all left us. Right. And so we have more time. But mm-hmm. be creative, but be intentional. Just a little bit every day goes a long way. I agree. I agree. That's so good, Carol. And encouraging because it's it's not a we have to seek the Lord, but it's we want to seek him. We desire yes. that. We he's yes. our lifeline. And yes. we can also use scripture to remind us of how God is our father. You know, for young mothers, there's that scripture where God carries them like the shepherd carries the little lamb in his arms. Well, you can even meditate on that single verse, choose one verse for one day or for one week, kind of like you said, Carol, and just remind yourself visually, just as you're carrying your little teeny baby around in your arms or you're sitting there nursing or feeding with a bottle, then you can just be thinking, oh yeah, this is how my father carries me. So you can really just absorb scripture in so many different ways. It doesn't have to be um, long and intensive. It can be really little snippets of of love and light that are just entering entering into your day creatively, like you said. Yeah, so good. Okay, Victoria, so now I I have a question for you that we both agreed we're going to be a little bit vulnerable today. Um, But what what are you struggling with? Like, is there anything in life that you're really wrestling with right now? I'm going to say, you know, I could really, I could go in a few avenues, I think, with that. But... I think I'm going to say adult children and how to be the parent that God wants me to be to my adult children, Mm -hmm. how to say, yes, I want, you know, I've always wanted to be a yes, mom. If, if I can say yes to whatever they need, I want to say yes, but sometimes that's just not possible for whatever reason. But I, I really want to I want to be there for them. I want to love them. I want to support them. And I have four adult children. They're all married and I have four grandchildren. So but you know not necess- there I'm not sure exactly of what their state of being is with the Lord and how close they may be to the Lord. You know that there. I I may know some things, and I can imagine a lot of things, and I have a good feeling about some things or a good understanding. But sometimes I, I wish that I could just give them my faith, just mm-hmm. like implant it in there for them. Yeah. With you know, I kind of learned the hard way about a lot of things. They say some people learn in the classroom and others have to take a field trip. And I was kind of the field trip person, but wisdom says to learn from those and that you know to learn in the classroom. That's what wisdom with God would tell us. Just I'm giving it out to you. Look at the Proverbs, for example, and you know, here it is. I'm lining it out. So I'm telling you the best way. So do it this way, but not all of us do that. And some of us meander around a little bit on a field trip, but I wish that they wouldn't have to go on a field trip, even though I know that by, I went on field trips and, and, and got, went astray, but God taught me so much through that, 
But do you know what I'm saying though? It's like you you want them to to love the Lord like you love him. I want them to love him like I love him and to be guided by biblical principles in every aspect of their lives. And sometimes I I see things or you know that that I'm like, "Oh, mm, is there a better way?" And my period of influence is not over. But I think now it is really my actions that speak so loudly to my adult children. They need to see me living my life according to God's word and to to being that authentic Christian and not some Sally super Christian. I'm not saying that, but the probably the struggle for me is setting a few boundaries where boundaries are necessary and releasing the outcome on how they may respond to a boundary that I set, for example. Those young adult years are so challenging as as we're figuring out how do we mother them without smothering them. Mm. Um, and one thing I've had to realize, Victoria, is that my adult kids can run away from my words, but they can never escape my prayers. So my strategy should be to talk less and pray more. Yes. Um, Honestly, that's uh, well. I'll I'll be praying with you over that struggle, mm-hmm. and praying that the Lord. You know, the the good thing is, James tells us if you lack wisdom, just ask, that's right. and the Lord will give it generously and without reproach. And so I I know that you're in a space and a place to ask God for wisdom, mm-hmm. and and He will show you how to love them, how to set boundaries how to honor the Lord. Mm -hmm. I I hear your heart. I think a lot of moms our age feel that way. Yeah. And you know, also Carol, I'm very careful about the words I speak over my children Mm. because sometimes they're even at odds within, you know, among themselves, they may be at odds and maybe there are different political views, different opinions and the way they express and so many different things. And, but I want to make sure that I'm speaking. And these are the words I pray over my children. And I have seen numerous times how the Lord has answered and continues to answer this prayer in ways I never imagined. I pray life and light, freedom, forgiveness, unity, love, if I didn't say that, and laughter. I pray those things over my children over and over and again. And we celebrate Friday Family Fun Night every Friday. We've done that for 30 years. And my adult children, still many of them and my and their children come every single Friday to this home and we have a meal and we play games or, you know, just do whatever. And, and not all the time is everyone here. They're very busy and they've got, you know, raising those young kids and just Come Friday, they're just like, oh, I just need to sit in a chair and relax and let's just keep my little chicks right here. Sometimes they feel like that, I know, but but a lot of times they make the effort to come. And I have seen in that, that continuation of that celebration or family tradition that we have, God continues to just minister to them when they walk through the threshold of this home, because I know what this home stands for. And Mm -hmm. I don't want any like quote unquote unclean spirit. And this is for, you know, anybody not to get like really like 
um, I don't know, too overly serious about it, but I'm very mindful of my, of the spirituality of my house and the, you know, just, I want to have an open home and I want in and out and in and out. And we have a lot of people in and out of our home, but it's also our sanctuary and this is God's house. And Mm -hmm. so unclean spirits or anything that may be going on in their lives. I just want to be mindful that when they walk into this home, that, that it's a different atmosphere. And for some reason, I, I like thinking that I like thinking that, that they come into this place and it's a wonderful, attractive place for them. And their peace there, they find peace here and rest and, and all of those other things that I mentioned. And I've seen it happen over and over and over again. And none of my children, I, I don't want to give the wrong impression. None of them is like off the deep end or anything like that, but it's more just the, the impact of our culture upon some of my adult children in ways that are more humanistic or secular than I at least feel comfortable with. And I would rather they they choose a biblical worldview in certain aspects of their lives. So it's more like that. But I'm very careful that when I talk about my children, that it's in a way that I know God has them. They are God's children and he loves them far more than I possibly could. He knows what's best for them. And if they need a breaking of sorts in whatever way, then I trust that he's going to do that. And that's what I want, his will to be done in their lives in the sense that ultimately they will be brought to his heart in a way that is just absolutely beautiful and what he would have. So I want what God wants for them, but I'm very mindful of of trying to speak life over my children and trying to catch a vision of, of how, like, for example, if I hadn't prayed those things, I might miss seeing them when they were demonstrated. But as I'm praying them, I'm very mindful of them because I repeatedly pray those things over my entire family, including my parents, my sister, her children, you know, all of that. It's, um, I, I want everyone kind of included in that, but it's on my mind because I pray it so much. And then what happens is my brain says, look out for those things, Vic- Victoria, because you don't want to miss them. And then I'm suddenly like, oh, there's so much laughter going on right now. We got 17 people in my house and everyone is cutting up and laughing and smiling. And just that to me is a moment, you know, I don't want to miss. And I, and it's an answered prayer that I'm witnessing as it's happening. So I want to pray those strong words over my kids. And and I think that really helps me also when I, you know, struggling through transitioning, their transitioning and their marriages and their having kids and then maybe moving to another house and a new job. And they have all these transitions. And for me, I'm transitioning as I watch them transition and figure out what can I do to best support them. So... Well, we'll get back to Victoria's conversation in just a minute. Maybe you have time to go heat up your cup of coffee. But I did want to tell you about an exciting, life-changing event that's coming up April 26th and 27th at Life Church Buffalo, New York. It is my 20th annual Carol McLeod Ministries Conference. I have to pinch myself when I realize I have been doing conferences in New York State for 20 years. The years have flown by and every single one of them 
have changed women's lives. You know, one of my goal in doing these conferences is helping women fall in love with Jesus all over again. I want them to be captivated by the power that's only in the Word of God. And I want them to expect miracles. We pray for the women who come to our conferences and we're praying for breakthroughs in all of their lives. So you can go to my website, carolmccloudministries.com and register for this annual event. Hey, gather a group of girlfriends and come on and join us. We're going to have women from all across America join us for this two-day event. If you go to my website, you can see the schedule of the weekend, hotels that we're partnering with, all the details are right there. Um, you can also register for the digital experience if you're unable to come. The digital experience is exciting for two reasons. First of all, you can gather a group of girlfriends in your home, at your church, your book club, your Bible study, and watch it all weekend. Or if that weekend's not convenient for you, you can watch it anytime in the coming months. So I hope you'll join us either digitally or in person. Our theme this year is overflowing, living abundantly in a broken culture. And we'll actually be recording my new Bible study by the same name, Overflowing. It's a deep dive into the book of Colossians. I cannot wait to share this biblical truth with you. So pray about it and then join us for the 20th annual conference. Now let's get back to my girlfriend time with Victoria Lydon. Your turn, Carol. What's your struggle? Well, you know, my struggle, man, I think I've struggled with this, Victoria, since I was a teenager, and that's comparing myself. Mm. You know, I think through the years I've compared different parts of my life, certainly, but now I compare, um, you know, my family with how other people's families have turned out. Um, I might compare the ministry God's given me to others' ministries. Um, at this season of life, you know, I might compare my body shape to another woman's, um, my home to another woman's, um, my income to somebody else's. I've always felt pounded, I guess is a good word, mm. by this comparison issue. And I don't like it. And I know it's not godly. And every day I, I give it to him because I, I don't want to accept these attitudes that are not Christ-like. And I, and I want to land in a place where I know that he made me just the way I am for a particular person, that he's not done with me yet, mm. that um, the life that he's given me has fallen in pleasant places, as the psalmist says. Um, but I, I think it's interesting that here I am, you know, in my sixties and I'm still wrestling with that, um, attitude with that. And I guess it's become a habit, Victoria. I guess I could say that it's, it's become a bad habit that, that I have, that I look over there and I, well, okay. So I think, okay, what did that mom do that I didn't do yeah. so that all her kids are following the Lord? Mm -hmm. I'm just being real with you. This is my struggle at this season of, of life. You know, what? how did those people order their finances so they're there and, and we're here? It, it's, it's a very human thing to do, but it's not 
the way the Lord would have us mm. cope with disappointment. Because let me say it this way, Victoria. I know that when I compare myself, what I'm really dealing with is disappointment, right? right. That I'm disappointed with some area of my life, but then I can say to the Lord, but Lord, I'm not disappointed with you. Mm. Like I love you and you've been so good to me and you've been so faithful to me. And so even this bent to comparison pushes me toward trusting him in greater mm. ways. Lord, I trust you. I trust that you were in my home when the children were little. I trust that you gave me strength every day. Um, I'll repent for what I need to repent for. Um, but, but that's really been my struggle. But I've, I hope that in the bigger picture of my life, I've used that weakness in me to push me toward a greater trust in him. Mm. And I'm quick to say, oh, Lord, forgive me. I, I didn't mean that. I, you know, I do trust you because you're faithful and good. And, and I will say this, Victoria, when that little comparison enemy knocks on the door of my heart, often how I answer it is by singing the song, the goodness of God. All my life, you have been faithful. Oh, All my life, you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. Mm. So although comparison still knocks on the door of my heart, I've learned how to answer it in a healthier, holier way. Mm. That is so good, Carolyn. I'm glad that you don't beat yourself up for having a struggle because I could also do that. I could tell myself, Victoria, at your age, why do you fear missing out like FOMO? You know, you're missing out or someone didn't include you or, you know, you, you, you know, especially like in pickleball, we play pickleball and they're like these, it's very clickish. And I'm like, why is this so clickish? Here I am at my age. And I feel like a teenager wanting to get in with this little group of ladies playing doubles on Tuesday night. I mean, and, but then I guilt myself for at your age, Victoria, and you know, and that's worse because then it's just like piling on, you know, more and more and more. And but I guess what I take from that too is, thank you for being that vulnerable to say that. Also, that that because that makes me feel like, gosh, you know, I'm not alone in my struggles either. And though they may seem like quote unquote immature or definitely unChristlike it's okay because I can push through those and God shift my focus to God, which is what you've done by mm -hmm. saying, I will trust you, Lord, and yeah. you are good. And yeah. I've got my eyes on you. So, yeah. and there's none like you. So, you know, oh, that's, that's hard. Okay. So let me, let me go this way, Victoria. I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. Okay. So you, I think you know that every night on Facebook, I write an evening conversation. And, you know, sometimes I might share a childhood memory or a, de a devotional, something the Lord taught me or my favorite book or whatever it might be, all ends of the spectrum. So a couple of weeks ago, I wrote about something that started a very feisty conversation. Oh so interesting that this was the thing that people really sort of reared up and, and reacted to okay. on, a, on a spectrum. And, and this was what I was talking about. What do you do 
when your life hasn't turned out the way you thought it would. Mm. Like, do you ever do you ever struggle with that, Victoria? That you had one picture as a little girl, and they lived happily ever after, and your life has not turned out the way you thought it would. Oh gosh, absolutely. So what do you do? Well, you know, I I think I struggle a considerable amount with regret. Mm. And it's not that, you know, I guess I could say, oh, I thought this as a kid or I wanted this as a child or as a young adult even. And then I am so far away from that picture, that image of, for example, my marriage or my family. And, but I don't do that as much as I think about things that I did, my own you know, transgressions and my own mistakes and errors that I made, that even when I didn't know the Lord, things that I made or decisions I made still can kind of haunt me for lack of better word. It's like that comparison that comes knocking at your door, that little whisper to, you know, that little dart that the enemy may fire. I have to work very, very hard, not giving way to thoughts that are full of shame, maybe regret and disappointment in myself, blaming myself for so many, you know, you've got to walk out consequences of a lot of choices that we make. And some, of course, there are heavier consequences than others based on those decisions. But I think that I cannot in my life at this time, give much room in my brain for that. I Mm -hmm. cannot allow those thoughts of regret and shame and disappointment to, they may knock on my mind's door, but I'm not going to answer. I cannot answer because I don't have, I don't want to invest time rehashing again and again and again, my mistakes that God has forgiven me for, or if only I had done this, then maybe my life would have been like this. I would never really know that anyway. But all of that retrospection and looking back really is a an emotion energy zapper for me. And mm-hmm. I don't have that to spare. So I'm very yeah. deliberate about not giving much mind room for looking backwards. Now, I have a faith journal. And I'm going to look backwards all day long about what the Lord has done in my life and those points where he has stepped in almost miraculously to to indicate, to show and demonstrate his love for me. But as far as engaging and spending time on those regrets, I... I just can't, I just don't want to do it. You know, and there's, there is a difference between shame and guilt. I mean, guilt is a biblical principle really, Mm -hmm. and is one for which Jesus has died for and paid the debt on the guilt that we owe figuratively with every sinful choice that we've made really, or even will make shame on the other hand is, is really from the accuser and it's an enemy worldview and an enemy weapon. And I just, I I don't want to, I don't want to give much time for that. So as far as how I handle that, I would, you know, admit my weaknesses before the Lord and just say, Lord, I've obviously I've struggled. I would confess those things and involve him in that. 
And then from that point on, I would be more forward focused instead of what I call backward bashing. And that's one Mm -hmm. prayer that I've had years ago, you know, in, in my different prayers I've had, I can remember, Lord, if I, so if I had a thought like that, I would just say, Lord, I'm not going to be backward bashing. I'm going to be forward focused or forward looking. And that shifts my perspective very quickly so that I'm like snuffing out those thoughts that try to get me to harbor and focus on, on all the regret. Regret is, it's tough, but I've worked really hard on that because I have a lot of things that I regret. So, yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody's life has turned out the way they thought it would when they were little girls or teenagers or first in love, whatever college dreams, you know, I'm going to change the world. I, I, I don't think anybody can validly say, yep, this is my picture. I made it 40 years ago and this is what I got. I, I don't think life is like that. I don't think you put in a quarter and get out a desired result. Um, you know, for me, in some ways, my life is incredibly, infinitely better than I ever thought it would be. And in other ways, it hasn't turned out what I thought it would. But to, for me, Victoria, that's where gratitude comes in. That's where intentional Thanksgiving comes in, mm. that rather than listen to um, disappointment talk to me, I make myself speak in the language of gratitude. Um, I'm grateful for my husband and how kind he is. I, I'm grateful for the home we get to live in. I'm, I'm grateful that my mom is still alive. And, and so I think it's very important to um, be on the offensive about our lives. And, and when those thoughts of, oh, I thought it would be so much different than this, that, that you land in the land of gratitude because we all have things to be grateful for. Mm. Um, for me, that's just been a very practical tool in dealing with regret or disappointment to always turn my mind toward the land of gratitude. Um, it's, it's a simple habit, but so powerful. And, you know, I can almost... Th- I'm thinking the way women think right now. They might be thinking, oh, yeah, that's not going to work. Oh, yeah, it does work, actually. You know, just try it. Try it for a month that when regret or shame or comparison tries to bombard you, put out that bucket of gratitude and see how it changes your mindset because it actually does. It's actually a very powerful choice. Mm, That is really good. Such a good reminder. And scientifically, the impact, the positive impact of gratitude and being specific, we need to be specific. That's a little element in being grateful, not just I'm grateful for my family, but I'm grateful for when my, you know, I play checkers with my granddaughter, Ella, blah, 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 you know, specifics, but uh, it really impacts our brain. And over time, it's it's a a real uh, incredibly positive change can happen in your brain to where then you become inclined in with that kind of gratitude as a mindset. I look at it almost like a cloak that you put on. You go to your closet and you pick out what you're going to wear today. Yeah, well, you go yeah. to your closet and you pick out gratitude and you put that on. It shadows everything. It covers everything and in such a, a wonderful way. So I I really yeah, and love for that. Me- Gratitude has really been like a spiritual antibiotic yes. that it fights against the viruses of, 
a critical spirit or um, bitterness or, again, regret Mm. that when you choose to take that antibiotic of gratitude, it wipes those things out of your life. Mm. Um, You know what, Victoria, we could talk all day long. This is crazy. (laughs) We just... But I can't believe how fast this has gone. And I no. just want to end with talking about the word of God. That That's where I want to close our time together. So let me ask you this, Victoria. Do you have like a lifetime verse that means a lot to you or just an, an anchor verse that's helped you through storms in life? Well, I'm going to talk about two verses. And one is 2 Corinthians 10, 5, which I think if I start reading it here, it's that we are going to destroy speculations and every lofty mm. things that is raised mm. up or are raised up against the knowledge of God. And that we do what? We take thoughts captive. That's really such a meaningful and applicable verse in my life. And I've made that my ministry, choose to think. We take those thoughts captive and bring them under submission to Christ. It's everything that we've yes. talked about, really. We're looking at thoughts of regret or shame or our struggle points. We're, we're very conscious of what we're thinking and are we geared toward gratitude, for example, or are we, you know, more focused on these other aspects? And so we're, we, we learn the skill and the habit of taking those thoughts captive. And yeah. then the other one close to that is Romans 12 two, which is be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And mm-hmm. Just even taking that little part out of that verse, it's so very hopeful. It's life-filled. It's energy-filled that my brain literally can change. And it's like science is catching up to what the Bible has said all along, that if I need change in my life, if I don't want to keep struggling, if I if I want to have that gratitude, kind of that gratitude attitude going in my life, that it's possible because sometimes our thoughts are are our worst enemies, so to speak, and they can take us to deep and dark places. But if we take them captive and if we know that God's going to transform us, he's going to just um, our minds are going to be renewed and changed. That is so hopeful to me. And it's exactly what happened in my life historically by by grabbing those thoughts and making sure that they come under submission of what God says about himself, about me and about my situation. And when I do that and I I can't speak more like I really do this, Carol, this is not just something frou-frou that I'm, that I'm sharing. This is an actual practice because these are commands in the, in the word. It is take every thought captive. It, it's it's saying do this and then it is be transformed those are command forms in the language which means that's a message to me that I need to do that just like you tell your kids take out the garbage or put your shoes on it's that kind of a an admonition to me so I'm like I've tried I've spent the last six years trying to discover what that means and it has so changed my life and if I know that if I want to live my quote best life, I have to live my best thought life. So mm-hmm. those are, I mean, I have a gazillion others that I love that are more encouraging, like maybe when I'm afraid or, you know, but those are like 
the Mac Daddy powerful verses that I just, I just love. I cling to them every single day and I try very hard to do those with the Lord's help. Yeah. Isn't it interesting how when there's a real weakness in our life, it becomes a strength when we submit it to the truth of scripture. Amen. And so in your life, this has become such a strength and, and really a springboard for ministry that this is how you really help women tackle life now is by starting in their minds. That's right. It's critically important. I I couldn't underestimate that. Even with the comparison trap or my fear of missing out, I Mm. can't tell you the journal pages I have where I'm writing all these thoughts and I have to say like, you know, she, I'm inventing what I think people are thinking. Even I'm inventing what, what I think they're saying about me. And none of this is really true. Even I have no way of knowing these things, but it's like, I'm trying to do this mind reading and it's just not what God would have me spend my mental energy doing because it's, it's, it's almost, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's not proper to do that really. And it's, it's a waste of my emotional energy Mm -hmm. and time. And so but I need to know, I have to identify those thoughts that I'm thinking about. They're not including me. And certainly that comes from a woundedness that I had maybe as a kid, you know, how God progressively heals us emotionally in so many different ways. But I, I really have to nail down those thoughts because I want to be healthy. I really yes. want to be healthy. I want yeah. to be whole and not just for my own happiness, but I want to mm-hmm. be that for my kids. I want them to mm-hmm. see what Christ has done in my life and that there's it, that it's meaningful. It's not just an ideology. It's something almost tangible that they can squeeze out of me that's what I want them to see. It's I want others to see that. I have a dear friend right now that I'm mentoring and and I just want to if I could if I could just get in there and grab it all and give it to her my my what God has done for me and somehow convey that I I would do it in a heartbeat but as close as I can get to that is by living the life that God wants me to live as as far as I understand it. Love it. I've loved every single minute of our conversation. Yeah. And um, let, let's do it again. I would soon. love to do it again because I have like, I don't know, 15 billion other things that I want to pick your brain on and <laughs> and really know about. Like I want to know your verse, your favorite verse and all of those things. So it's just so nice to be able to chat with another Christian woman who is just so real. And I applaud you, Carol, on your ministry. You have a wonderful ministry and a wonderful message. And you, to me, I could compare myself to you and I would fall so short. And I just see your family, your picture. It's just so beautiful and, and really awe-inspiring. And you're, you're not giving up, quote unquote. You're, you know, as you're living your life at our age, you're, you're shining the light to Christ and you are a beacon of, of support and hope for a lot of women who, who they, we look up to you and admire you and appreciate the hard work that you do behind the trenches, because I know it's hard work, but you do it out of the love that you have for the Lord. And he sustains you and strengthens you and, 
it's nice to see how you are yoked with him in your ministry. It's really beautiful. So thank you so much for all that you thank do. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I always say I'm going to cross the finish line sweaty, not rusty. <laughs> so there's that. Yes. yes. But let's, um, before you go, Victoria, I'm just going to pray for us and pray for the listeners. Thank okay. You. Yes, please. Okay. Jesus, we love you. Father, I just pray for every woman who's listened. Father, thank you that you are the strength of our heart and our portion forevermore. Lord, if there's anybody listening today who's filled with regret or shame or disappointment, Father, I pray that you will come in like a flood mm -hmm. and flood her life with hope and joy and peace. Lord, we do worship you today and we say you are worthy of our praise. Mm -hmm. That Father, we are so grateful for our lives and for your faithfulness to us. Father, for anyone who's discouraged, I pray you'd encourage them. Father, if anyone is, is thinking thoughts that are inappropriate, Father, I pray that you would renew their minds in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Father, I bless Victoria today in Jesus' name. Thank you for this time together. And Lord, we promise to give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Well, I hope you've had fun listening to Victoria and I just share all the things today. And if you have been encouraged, I would love to just say, please, would you leave a rating or a review on whatever platform you listen to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. I would love for you to leave a review or even on YouTube. It means the world to us if you would do that. And as always, don't forget about our app for your smartphone. Just go to the app store in your smartphone do a search for Carol McLeod Ministries, it'll pop right up. It's free, no money exchanged. It's My app is a great place to send me a prayer request. We love to pray for every prayer request that comes in. We don't just say that, we actually do it. Before we go today, I would love to share with you a portion of scripture um, from Psalm 100. I'm actually going to read it to you from the message paraphrase. Now, the message is not a translation. It's what we call a paraphrase. Um, but I love the way the paraphrase Bible expresses God's thoughts and God's heart from the great 100th Psalm. This is what it says, on your feet now, Applaud God, bring a gift of laughter, sing yourselves into his presence. Know this, God is God and God, God. He made us, we didn't make him. We're his people, his well-tended sheep. Enter with the password, thank you. Make yourselves at home, talking praise. Thank him, worship him, for God is sheer beauty, all generous in love loyal always and ever. Amen. Isn't that a wonderful paraphrase? I hope that it touched your heart deeply today. Let me just encourage you that no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, facing every day is a good day to worship the Lord. You might not feel like it, but do it anything. You need to worship the Lord through every storm in life. It is a game changer. I guarantee it. Thank you for joining me today. I'll see you next time on the Significant Women Podcast.